0: You're listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWays Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for this week's lesson, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCreary, your host, and also the leader of the Adult Explore the Bible team. Today, I'm being joined by Tim Pollard. He's the team leader for the Kids Explore the Bible, and we're going to be looking at Session 6 for the Fall 2020 Study of Isaiah. Tim, thank you for being with us today.
1: Hey, thanks for having me here. I appreciate it.
0: Well, we're going to be looking at Lesson 6 or Session 6. It's Isaiah chapter 31, 1 through 9. I'm going to give a little bit of history here to kind of set the the scene for this particular passage. There's some things that are going on. It's really kind of the other side of Isaiah 7. Tiglath-Pileser III is the the king of Assyria, and he attacks both Syria, which is Damascus in scripture, and Israel. Uh, Both are overwhelmed by him. And then Tiglath-Pileser, he even installs a puppet king over what was left of Israel. It's known as Ephraim in scripture at this point, partly partly because it's it's all that's left. But But the question is, so what? Well, Ahaz has asked for Tiglath-Pileser to attack the Assyrians, so see this as an opportunity. And since they're doing this as a favor for the country of Judah, they also decide to demand payment. And this payment's an ongoing tribute that'll be paid to them on a regular basis. The tribute money that Judah has to pay and will continue to pay weakens their country and ultimately made it ripe for invasion. When the Assyrians threatened, Judah would turn to Egypt for help. Egypt was the country out of which God rescued his people in the Exodus. Thus, any attempt to return to Egypt or rely on Pharaoh was simply a betrayal of God. Here's Hezekiah now. He's the king. And once again, Assyria is asking for that tribute money. He is thinking once again of turning to Egypt for help. And Isaiah is going to enter into the picture and has a message for Hezekiah at this point. And that's the background of Isaiah 31. So let's just look at 31, 1 through 9. And I'm going to give you a quick outline and a summary about what's happening here. And then we'll come back and talk about it. Verses 1 through 3 is this idea of a false hope. Isaiah calls out Hezekiah for turning to Egypt for help when facing the Assyrians. Isaiah reminds the king that God's not limited in his power. In verses 4 and 5, Isaiah then's is going to explain that God would remain faithful even when his people were unfaithful to him. That particular section we've entitled true faithfulness. The last section, verses 6 through 9 of chapter 31, we've entitled repentance demonstrated. In these passages, these verses, Isaiah challenged the people to turn back to God demonstrating their repentance by removing their idols and he makes a statement here God would decisively defeat his enemy a fire there was in this passage it's a symbol of God's presence so let's just talk about uh, three questions here Tim Uh, first question what's the appeal of Egypt they seem to be the go-to group when trouble is on the horizon for Judah
1: Well, you know, um, honestly, when I first read this question, my initial reaction was Egypt was a familiar place or um, a place that Israel would have remembered. Uh, But at this time in their history, uh, those people are long since gone.
0: It's been a long time since they've been in Egypt, hasn't
1: it? It's been a really long time. But the appeal, obviously, for Israel at that time, for the Egyptians or from the Egyptians was the fact that Egypt was a, a big power. They they had horses, they had chariots, they had fighting men, they had people that Israel considered to be of use uh, to them uh, during that time. If they needed somebody to go into battle with them, e- Egypt wa- was a logical choice because they were so so powerful. They knew the advantages of having the chariots and having the horses and things like that, that could, that could get into battle and, and make um, a decisive sway, perhaps, in a physical battle that they were, they were about to engage in.
0: Would the, distance, with would the distance of where Egypt is make any difference, either since it's further south and west from uh, Assyria?
1: Well, I don't think that it would have mattered too much to them. Um,
0: the, the bigger deal is that Egypt was willing to help was, them.
1: <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, I mean, the people who were surrounding Israel at that time probably weren't super friendly to them either. So um, they saw Egypt as maybe, yes, being separated, but knowing that they were a major power was, was something that was very intriguing or inviting
0: to them. Okay. In verse 4, God is compared to a lion guarding prey with Israel being the prey. Should that image disturb us as believers? Other places. Are there other places where God's compared to a lion uh, in Scripture?
1: There, there- Sure, there are several places where God is is compared to a lion in Scripture, and not all of those are very positive <laughs> images. But the image that we're getting here in the book of Isaiah is a very positive image of God as a lion who is guarding the prey. And there are other um, word plays that Isaiah uses to talk about God in a protective role or to show him as Israel's protector um, and somebody who wants to take care of them. Um, which is what God has always wanted, I mean God has always wanted them to be his chosen people and to rely specifically on him for that protection and not to go to these other human entities that Israel is seeing as maybe being able to to get them out of out of this um, mess that they 've gotten themselves into quite honestly yeah,
0: they dug um, so themselves the... they dug themselves a pretty deep hole here haven 't they
1: <laughs> they they definitely have. Um, but you know, God does want to be the ultimate protector, and the the imagery of the lion here is the lioness or the lion protecting um, what they 've already captured um, and I think that's a that 's a good image for us to think through or to think about. you know God has captured us and God wants to protect us. He wants to be the one standing on the front line to to make sure that that we are taken care of constantly.
0: What I hear you saying here is that this image is the line is protecting what is rightfully his in the first place. Would that be a Absolutely. good way to help us, help help us explain that to our groups? That is exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, verse five related to that. We're told that God will protect Jerusalem. Is that an always promise? Is there something else behind that promise here in verse five where he makes that statement that he will, uh, he will protect Jerusalem, uh, in at the beginning of verse five.
1: Sure. Absolutely. I, I think taking in, in context of what we're talking about right here, um, God's proje- protection of Jerusalem is exactly that that right there. Uh, God really does want to protect Jerusalem. God had given promise that that uh he would always protect his city. And he did that multiple times. We know we know the end of this story right here. Ultimately, the people are taken away into captivity, but again, they are allowed to return uh, to that city at some point.
0: Yeah, the folks, up, the folks up north, uh, the northern kingdom, it never returns. Um, only, only this, the, the, the folks who return from exile are here.
1: Exactly, and, and you mentioned in your uh, introduction where uh, the Northern Kingdom at this point is even just considered Ephraim because that's basically the, the only tribe that still continues to exist. <laughs> Instead of
0: see, it was what ten and a half tribes, and now it's just one.
1: Exactly, and you know God is about to exact um, their capture, uh, and like you said, uh, none of them ever ever do return. But, you know, moving forward even into the New Testament, the city of Jerusalem is a protected city. It's something that God wants to take care of. And even in the future, if we look, you know, to the end of the story in the book of Revelation, you see where a new Jerusalem is built. So, you know, Jerusalem is God's covenant city and and God wants to protect it and will uh, protect it at all costs uh, because it is his city
0: so it's a city that bears his name at that point because it 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 reflects who he is is that is that a way of thinking about it sure okay are there other any key insights or things that you would point out from Isaiah 31 I,
1: I think this chapter is a great indication of where we live a lot of times you know we we tend to focus on humans and human capabilities or you know who is it that, that's going to get us out of this, this mess that we're in right now um, instead of relying on, on God to do that? And I think the the purpose of this session really is to help us to think through, you know, who are we relying on? Um, are we relying on God to, to protect us and to save us from whatever's going on in the world right at this moment? Or are we looking to human people to, to be able to do that instead? And God as he did with them, really wants our focus to be on him and
0: not on others. It makes a difference who we put our confidence and trust in, in many ways at that point, doesn't it? It
1: does. And it's, it's hard. I mean, obviously that's not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not super easy as we can see multiple times through, through illustrations in scripture. Um, we fall into the same, the same category because we're human and, We want things to happen the way we want them to happen, and and God sometimes has a different idea.
0: Tim, thank you for being with us today. I appreciate your your uh, time to visit with me about this particular session. From time to time in the podcast, and we didn't necessarily do it today, but in other podcasts we would have mentioned different resources in the Explore the Bible family, uh, the Leader Pack, the Adult Commentary, Quick Source, to name a few. You can find out more about all the Explore the Bible resources on our website at GoExploreTheBible.com. dot com. That's goexplorethebible no spaces dot com, and you can find out about everything that we provide for adults students and kids and that way you'll you'll have a fuller understanding of what we have thank you for listening to us this week and we hope you'll join us again next week when we look at session seven which is a study of Isaiah 37 we'll be looking at the idea there that God listens about God listening to our prayers and he acts to fulfill his purposes for